Welcome back to the Rise at Home podcast. The place where we share all the tea, all the laughs, all the failures and all the successes on our journey to financial freedom. My name's Amma. I'm Travis. I'm Money Mikes. And you're listening to Rice at Home. It's our 50th episode. We made it. Yes, we never spared it, but we are here. Thank you so much, guys, for all the support that you've given us over the last 50 episodes. And we're back with a very actionable episode about business. If you are a beginner, this is for you. If you're not a beginner, this is still for you because you're (laughs) probably doing all the wrong things that we did. And now we're going to tell you the right things to do. Because when you listen to these business gurus, they'll tell you to do all of these generic things and then you just, you know, you start doing it. You buy, you purchase your business name and you get your logo and that's pretty much it. All you do, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, these business gurus, if you don't take them with a pinch of salt, you, you will go left. Like, I remember there was a point in time when I was ordering fast food every day because Grand Cardone told me that like saving the little bits doesn't make a difference because like if you save your five pounds on coffee every day and it adds up to a few thousand pounds that's not life-changing money so it's no point doing it you just need to earn more so you might as well order your coffees and your fast food so the way i took that was small money doesn't matter because it's not thousands so let me order fast food every day and yeah yeah we you got broke up I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I still agree with that as in like I still agree yeah when that. you're rich no, <laughs> no I mean it's, I, still, I still agree now like, in the sense that it's not life changing yeah. money of course and most people if you want to like think, get further you need to earn more rather than saving more but I don't think anyone ever got rich by saying oh yeah I'm not going to go to Starbucks mm. yeah, yeah I mean? of course so if course. you want Starbucks go to Starbucks but it's when if you're going there every single day and you're spending money you don't have that's the problem but I don't feel like you have to live like a pauper I don't think yeah, 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 yeah. in your journey to success not. that's crazy yeah 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 that's mad to me. Depriving yourself of enjoyment. Of pleasure. Yeah. And it's not even big enjoyment. Just just small coffee like that. Nah, man. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of anyone becoming a millionaire because of their savings account. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, unless their parents are already millionaires and the savings that they get. <laughs> and they yeah. gave you a million. They dumped a mill into your savings account. I mean, yeah, of course. course. Because I'm sure um, Kylie Jenner's quarter mill got dumped into her savings account by... Yeah. A mother. But anyway, enough of our rambling. In commemoration of our 50th episode and us making it this far, in this episode, we are going to give you an easy way to make your first £50 online if you haven't made it yet. So, yeah, we're going to give you an easy way with no prior investment to make your first £50 online. See, don't say we're doing nice things for you guys, man. Yeah. What podcast do you listen to is giving you these tips? Yeah. Yeah. It's 50, 50 quid, easy. Name one. But first, <laughs> we have our opening segment. You are doing business all wrong. Here's how newbies like us found themselves out of a bad situation that they were in doing business the wrong way and started winning doing business the right way. Why are we always on people's necks? Like, why don't we ever massage anyone? No one has time for massaging. You, you can't get to the top. Massaging people. Okay. Gotta step on the next, man. 
Tables have to be shaped. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before. I have to shake the tables because that's the only way the tables turn. Mm-hmm. Well. People don't want to listen to people telling them that. Well, they do want to listen to people telling them. That and that's the bad thing. So that's we're not going to give you guys what you want. We're going to give you guys what you need. So, but if if you if you want to come with an excuse like, oh yeah, but it's not that simple though. Oh, then yeah, get just stop. Just you might as well stop listening. Stop right, right now. Cool. For those of you who are still here, I'm gonna take <laughs> it away. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, what business person tells you to find the niche first and develop the product or service later? Everybody, right? Yeah. Everyone who knows something. Everyone who knows something would tell you that you should niche down first mm-hmm. and build product or service later. Yeah. But you're not told that in business. You're told if you have an idea and it's crazy and it's amazing, develop the product or service and then and find people after. But that's not how a good business, a good startup business should start because... If you're building a product or service around people that you don't know, then what's the point? How you sh- how can you assure yourself that, yeah, your business is going to bang from jump? It's very arrogant. It's a, it's a very arrogant move and it's, it's quite stupid. Um, I did an email about this like not too long ago and I kind of used the analogy of fishing. Like a fisherman doesn't just wake up one day and go to any random body of water with his worms on his hook and say yeah let me catch this kind of fish no he has to work out first what he wants to catch that's how he can decide what he needs to prepare in order to catch that specific type of fish and if he catches more then that's great but if not then at the least he should be able to catch the ones that he was looking for Mm. otherwise he's just an idiot really he's just a guy with a stick now I think that a lot of times people We've gotten into black people, especially for this in the past, but it's people in general. People have like an idea and a product and they think, okay, cool. Because I have a product, I have a business. Or because I have an idea, I have something that's profitable. And for some people, that works out. And that's great for those people. For the average person, if your goal is to have a business, you're much, much, much better off finding a market and creating something for that market rather than creating a product and then trying to find a market for it. Um, like I, I've seen a lot of people who have something and like they're struggling with niching down. How do I niche down? How do I niche down? Do I need to niche down? Whereas if you go niche from the beginning, you're in a much better position long term. You have to understand that as a beginner, yes, it might be quite difficult to niche down. And a lot of people would say, just try and find clients or try and sell to a few people in the beginning just to get a little bit of um, an understanding as to what you like, what you don't like, how you'd like to sell, what works and what doesn't work, and then kind of refine and um, do better things um, after that. So we do understand that. But niching down first guarantees that you know who you're speaking to, you know who you're marketing to, you know who you're selling to. You you start learning their wants, their their dislikes, you know, their their fears, their desires. You you get to understand and that's really when you can start building a customer avatar. You should build you should be building a customer avatar before you start building the product. Because if you build a product for a person, then that person already knows that product is for them. Yeah. Versus doing it the other way, building a product and then thinking, okay, now I need to find 
who actually needs this. That doesn't make sense. Just for those that don't know, clarify what a customer avatar is. A customer avatar is when you basically either put down a list of questions um, saying maybe demographic, geographical information, um, you know, what they like, what they don't like, um, their their fears, their, their, their biggest problems, or just creating one without any any of that information and basically just say, okay, this is Tim. He's 36. He's, you know, he lives in London. He he has this nice car. His income is probably 40K a year. Um, he likes golfing, this, this, that. So you now start to see, okay, this is a person. They You, you start to understand how they move, understand wh- how they think, why they might be persuaded to buy other things more than, no how they might be persuaded to buy some things and not other things. So um, once you start to understand the person who you're selling to, you better understand how to sell to them because now you speak to them or you speak for them, not to them. I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Very much agreed. Um, Yeah. I don't think you can say anything else than that. Um, Yeah, as I said before, it's arrogant. It's arrogant to think that just because you think your idea is great that everyone else must think is great, you have to focus on meeting the needs of customers. Basic um, marketing 101 is trying to find the needs of customers because people buy things um, based on the, the natural needs that we have. So the need to be happy or the, rather the desire to be happy, the desire to, I don't know, be better than someone else, the desire to full when they go and eat or stuff like that desire to look good so if you're not tapping into that and you're just putting out something because you think it looks good but you don't know anything about the people you're trying to sell to it's arrogant yeah and I think market research in general or the lack of market research that most business owners do, do is tragic absolutely tragic I'm just going to read you for filth right now um You can't prove that your business is the best. You can't prove your business is different and better. You can't prove that you're innovating in your industry. You can't prove that people should buy from you and not others. If you have not done any market research to validate your claims. Mm. Now, if you don't know what's going on in your industry, if you don't know who you're selling to, if you don't know your competitors, what they're doing, then how can you justify that you are the best or why other people should buy from you not them why I don't I actually don't get how people can just have their businesses exist without validating that yeah their business is great because it's not like everybody else but when your business is like everybody else then guess what consumers do they just go for the most known they just go for the most known in the industry and you are not you I'm so sorry but you just are not going to cut it and you're going to struggle forever thinking why why aren't people why aren't people you know looking at me why aren't people you know recognising my business don't matter that's when people scream oh yeah but people don't support black businesses man no you didn't validate your claims that's why your friends don't support you in in general no it's because you're not doing enough to support yourself yeah I mean I had a friend something out there and saying like oh yeah give me your money but it's not like cool so I was having a conversation with um, Derek from Mostly Lit the other day really interesting conversation and he was saying that he went to this conference and there was the guy at the front spoke and he said I've never met a black millionaire in the like a British black millionaire who became a millionaire by marketing exclusively to the black community 
That's mad. That's that's mad to me because I couldn't name one either. I mean, not that I know like all the millionaires, but like I would struggle to find a niche where you only market to the black mini and you can become a seven-figure net worth person off it. Um, And that's partly because we are such a ridiculously small percentage of the population, Mm -hmm. first of all. And then again, it comes down to the market research thing. Like we... I saw this tweet where someone was saying like, can black businesses stop marketing themselves as like non-profit organizations or as charities like they're almost begging people to support them because oh you're black we're black as a black business can we support black business please rather than actually just doing the market research and having a great business that everyone wants to go to how can you brand your business properly if you don't know who you're trying to target if you haven't decided who your target market are how do you know that they're even going to resonate with your brand how do you know that your brand messages or your brand values are aligned to meet the customer need. Mm. If you haven't decided who your customer customers are, um, the the ADA model in marketing is basically attention, interest, desire, action. Right. If if you put out a brand that is not going to catch someone's attention because you haven't bothered to think about who you want, whose attention you actually need, and who has your money, then the rest of it's not going to happen. They're not going to be interested. They're not going to want what you, you're selling and they're not going to take any action based on it. They're not even, you're not even going to get past the first step. Mm. Mm. Like, the way I think about it is like, everyone has different tastes in who they're attracted to, right? So, I might have a certain thing about women that I like. Travis might have a certain thing about women that he likes and it's two different things. So, one feature on a woman might get my attention, might not get Travis's and vice versa. Now, if you don't know whose attention you're trying to get, how are you going to tailor your marketing to an audience? You're kind of just in the wind and hoping for, um, yeah, hoping you get someone's attention, anyone's attention. And like the easiest way, I think a lot of times, if you already have a business and you don't know who your market is, is to look at all your past customers and figure out what they have in common. Like sit down and go through the list write down okay they're all or their majority this gender their majority from this demographic their majority this kind of age range they do this they do these kind of job roles basically um figure out a profile basically what are the what are the commonalities between all your customers and then how can i take advantage of that so like what do people in that sphere like to do for leisure what do they do what kind of money do they earn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because then you can really start to, you can take your marketing to the next level when you know who you're marketing to. Yeah, when you're marketing to a person, that's that's the real kind of marketing. Yeah. Like, even with us, when we started The Rice at Home, we had an idea of who we wanted to target, hence the name Rice at Home. There's a certain demographic that knows what that means already. That doesn't mean it, it's exclusive to, you know, the Black community, but now we've niched it down to to, to an age range and a, I guess a, a thought, like, um, no, I'd, I'd probably say a mindset. Yeah. So people who are trying to break out of the mould, you know, who are trying to achieve financial, financial freedom. Yeah. Trying to, achieve location freedom time freedom all those freedoms if 
they are looking for somewhere they can come here because we've already t- rebranded ourselves as that this is what we are we are not a financial podcast we aren't telling you how to save we're telling you how to make money in yeah. real time with us yeah and I guess it's kind of for me Rights of Home has kind of evolved into a, a reincarnation of what it is that our parents were trying to tell us like why would you go somewhere else when what you need is is at home right in the same way why do we go to all these other outside um, people trying to look for ways to make money where what we have is at home you know we can go and we can learn and we can build things for ourselves at you know at our own house we don't have to go looking for other things yeah as well so, so building businesses from our bedrooms literally yeah. so that and that's even the maddest thing in itself but um yeah I think we should go on to the next one yeah I was gonna say number two do high ROI activities daily so what that means basically is there are things that you can do every single day that have a great return on investment in terms of the energy and time that you put in um from a building a business perspective, that would be things like prospecting. So cold calling, cold emailing, cold messaging on social media, um, depending on kind of where your people are. And this is why step one is so important because if you know who your people are, you know where they are, then you know where to go to find them and be constantly getting at them. Like I think we've, we've each seen people build small empires from literally messaging people one by one on Instagram to do something or to buy something or and that that works shockingly well especially if you know how to copyright yeah it's it's um very true I feel like um everyone wants the success and everyone wants the results without wanting to do the, the dog work no one wants to be out there in the trenches making things happen for themselves um, but they want all the they want to reap the results, and when they do the bare minimum and don't get the results, they try and tell you that it doesn't work. Mm. Um, no, the fact is, you just weren't trying hard enough. Yeah. yeah, or maybe you were trying, but you gave up. Yeah, because yeah. business is a numbers game. Me right now in my um, literally in real time, I am emailing a hundred businesses to try and get three to get me on a pay trial for copyright. A hundred businesses. First of all, I need to find those businesses because I've I've niched myself down to being an email copywriter, but I've also niched out the businesses I'm seeking out. So I've niched them to health and fitness and some wealth businesses as well. Yeah. So I've already taken loads and loads and loads of, of distractions out and I've positioned myself as an email copywriter. I positioned my, my prospects as health, fitness and wealth businesses. Now, when I'm looking for them, it's, it's hard, but I have, I know exactly who I'm looking for. So I now am creating a list, literally a hundred businesses. It is not easy and no one said it was, but it is not easy, but it needs to be done. Because if I want to be a freelancer, if I want to get this going, I have to do the work. The only way I'm going to get three businesses is if I message a hundred yeah. because people won't reply. People will deny me. People will lead me on and then say, no, I'm good. And then the three will say, yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. We're, let's do this. And yeah. it, it might take you to do like all of the 100 or you or you might do 75. And within that, you get the three that you need, you know, mm. but a lot of people will do the 75. And because they haven't got a yes yet, 
They're, gonna, they're not going to do the other 25. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like one big thing is that people, people often want like the hack or the, yeah. the, the cool and sexy thing that will completely change the game for your marketing. And they haven't done the fundamentals. They mm-hmm. haven't done the boring, tedious, borderline, you know, torturous stuff yeah. that uh, that works. That just fundamentally works. Mm. And this is the thing, like when when we see stuff like 90% of businesses are failing in the first year, what that tells me is, okay, one, I have to be careful because they can happen to me. Mm-hmm. But the second thing that tells me is the bar is low. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at these businesses, a lot of them aren't doing the fundamentals that someone who's done the research will know are the fundamentals. They didn't niche down and, first. And a lot of times it is just ignorance. So I can't get onto them. I can't blame them. But the fact that, okay, I know the bar is actually quite low and people don't know this kind of stuff, it means if I just do the fundamental things that most people don't know to do, I'm in a much better position than, than 90% of people straight away. Yeah, I don't even have to be like Apple making trillions. But just the mere fact that I can do the fundamentals and I do the fundamentals very, very well, that means survival. Yeah. And it's not just doing the fundamentals once and going away. Again, high ROI activities every single day. It's the consistency. Most people can't bring themselves to be consistent and do something every day. Yes, it's a lot. That that alone, whether in an entrepreneurial sense or in a vocational sense or in just your everyday life, the ability to do the same one thing every day and have that be a valuable thing is a skill like 90% of people just never, ever, ever develop. So to be a better than average person, building a habit of doing something that's high ROI every single day puts you in an amazing position. Mm. And because most people don't do that, that's why your business is failing. That's the tea, really. Yes. You can't expect, you can't expect great things to happen when you're not willing to, to put the work in. Put the work in, it will work out. Yeah, so just to reiterate, cold calling, cold emailing, cold messaging on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, promoting on social media, running paid ads. It's all a numbers game. Even word of mouth. Get yourself to these events and tell people about your business. Don't complain that no one knows about you when you're not trying to be known. Yeah, because you, we all know self-promotion is the biggest promotion. No one cares about your business. I say that Go all the time. if you can put a poster up somewhere. Yeah. No one cares as much about your business as you. No one will I, ever care as much as you do. I mean, oftentimes when people ask me for like advice... The first question I ask them is, how many people have you spoken to today that you didn't know yesterday? And if that number is less than five, I'll be like, well, that's your first problem. Go and speak to five people that you don't know. That could be potential customers. That's it right there. That's no printer. Basically, to build a personal brand, you have to become an authority in your niche. Yeah. Step one, go and listen to our episode on personal branding. Honestly, like, you could regurgitate all the information, but... The fact is that in this day and age, if people do not respect who you are as a person and they don't know who you are as a person, then you cannot expect to sell to them or have them listen to you or your thoughts or your or anything. You have to um, position yourself as a thought leader, position yourself as someone who is smart, who is desirable, who is worth their money, their time, whatever it is that you need from them. Um, ways in which you can do that, Twitter. 
basically any social media really. Yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn articles, especially for us B2Bs. Yo, LinkedIn is so underrated and we're not using it enough. Literally, you put out, let's say, so, what Gary Vee was talking about this the other day. He's talking about how literally you can make articles or videos of the same thing. So like the thing that you do. So mm. let's say we, we're, we're email copywriters, right? Mm. Or we're copywriters nevertheless. Talk about email specifically. So you write an article about, okay, most businesses have crappy email copy. You write another one about how um, longer form um, long form emails are better than short form emails. Oh, you write another one about something else. Like you literally write like 10 articles about the same thing in like different, you know, different aspects of the thing. Mm-hmm. Post them all out. You can't tell me that not one person will come up to you and inquire as to what you're talking about because you've just now positioned yourself as, as an authority. You're talking about things that most businesses are doing but most businesses are doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So you're pointing that out. You're highlighting those things. So that a business that is doing that might look at your article or your video and be like, wait, I'm doing that. And it's not working for me. And I know that. But this person seems like they have the solution. Please, let me let me go and let me inquire and see if they can possibly help or give some advice. Or even maybe I can hire them to sort out you know, my, my issue. If you now position yourself as that, if you now tweet 20, 40 times a day about the one thing that you know, and the thing is, you'd be surprised how much you can actually do that once you start getting into the you know creative mind. Once you start tweeting about that, people will be on your DMs like, oh my gosh, please help me with this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you are an inspiration. We've, we've, seen, it we've, done it. we've, we've seen, done seen it. We've done it. We've done it. We like I uh when we were tweeting 20 to 40 times a day, our DMs were filled to the brim with people asking, 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 asking. Please help me with this. Please help me with that. I need help with this. Can you call me? Can you do this? It's crazy. It's mad. It's mad. Um, I think we we too many people es- underestimate the the um, importance of like social currency. When you're seen as a valuable person, your stock price goes up, which means that not only are you more prone to attention and interest, you're also positioned to demand higher prices for things. Exactly. Hmm. I mean, people. This goes back to the whole sales mastery thing, right? So people buy from people who are sharp as a tack, enthusiastic as hell, and a figure of authority or a force to be reckoned with. Doing this thing of building a personal brand where you tweet 20 times a day, you email every single day. Some people email three times a day. That kind of thing sets you up as an expert in people's minds and makes you look very enthusiastic because who has the energy to be tweeting Nobody. all this about this one subject? Nope. Not even people that are doing it have the energy to do it. But, but they just, still do it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it and it makes you exactly. seem really intelligent, sharp as a tack. So now you've hit the trifecta in terms of, wow, this person is really... like That draws people to you. Mm-hmm. When I just, like Me just speaking in general, a lot of times people are drawn to me because they're like, listening to you is like talking like listening to a TED talk if, if someone's unfamiliar with the the self-development niche especially they're like wow like why is this guy like this yeah like what is he doing yeah like, what's, what's so different about him and this is the thing everyone is searching for different you need to use your personal brand to establish how you are different why you are different and how you being different is better mm-hmm. than what the person has been getting exactly in other words me coming into your life is an improvement. You don't need to live like this anymore. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. That's what your personal brand needs to say. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Like the three of us are unlike anybody we know in this UK right now. Yeah. I can't I can't dispute that. Because no one will tell you from the ground up that they're documenting their 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 success from the bottom and teaching you what we're doing in real time and bring you along so that we can all win and eat bread together. Do you know what I mean? No one's doing that. So we've already established how different we are and then we all have different um, niches or different, I'd say, strengths Mm -hmm. in this marketing, branding, sales world that we're all in. So we all, you know, have a differentiator within the Rice at Home team alone. Mm -hmm. So we've now niched down as a brand and niched down as personal brands. And you guys have not done that. <laughs> so definitely, I'm sorry. I, I came I came to step on everybody's neck. So please definitely, guys, consider building a personal brand. You might hate it, but it's another way for... Um, sorry. It's another word or another phrase for saying your reputation. So take it seriously. I think... Um, I can't remember the exact stat, but it's in, it's in um, the Recipe for Success, our ebook, Um And it's like... There's, I think it's, I think it's seventy percent of employers won't hire you if you don't have an online presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. How crazy that is! Like, they just won't. Like they'll they'll search your name on LinkedIn if they can't find you. Oh yeah, we'll move on to someone else. Yeah, you're not impressive. Life yeah. hack, easy way to be different from the others. Have your CV and website form. Have a website because mm, that, that's, that's that detracts from you having um that your social media, for example. Like they, if you have a website. And it's documented the past three years of your life and what you've been doing and what you've been getting up to and how you've been progressing and developing as a person. That's probably more powerful than them searching for your Facebook or your Twitter feed. Yeah. And, mean, that, and, and again, and a lot of us don't want people in our Facebook or Twitter yeah. feed, to be honest. And, and it's, it's, again, it's something different. You are now signaling to your boss, I'm different. Mm. First of all, I have the ability to code a website, even if WordPress is very easy to use. Second, I think outside the box because the average person isn't doing a website. It's all about being different and better. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so personal branding is definitely becoming a lot more important. And, you know, in the next few years, like we're already seeing it happen now, people are just leaving their jobs to become freelancers. And the only way that they can get clients is personal branding. People don't know who you are. It's going to be long for you. Should we move on? Yeah, so... Building a business around a high income skill. Mm. Wait, before that, I think it's time to tell them the £50 thing. You think? Yeah. Cool. So here's what you do, guys. You set up a WordPress website. Shouldn't cost you much. Like, you can get a free WordPress website. And then all you do is... Actually, no, no, you go ahead first. Go ahead. Number five. All right. Um... Building a business around a high-income skill. No one in their right mind in this day and age thinks about this. And it's quite interesting. And we actually had to circle back on our entrepreneurial journey and start building skills before we start building businesses. Because that's where the longevity is. That's where the source is. That's really where we'll actually start seeing a massive change in how we build businesses in the years to come. Mm. So obviously our higher income skill that we're looking to master is copywriting. The reason why we chose that is because it's marketing and sales. Now, 
Most businesses have two issues, either lack of traffic, the inability to convert existing traffic well. Mm-hmm. If now I learn a high income skill that does both, that either does both or that does one at least, I'm already in a better position than most businesses. Therefore, that 97, 95% of businesses that fail in the first year, yeah, I wouldn't even need to be in that because I've already learned a skill that literally just wipes out that problem for me because I already know it. The reason why businesses don't succeed in the first year is because they don't make enough sales. That's usually what it comes down to. Exactly. And then lack if they don't traffic. make enough sales... And it's either lack of traffic or lack of... Converting traffic. Yeah. So if you can now fix that problem fundamentally, you're not making enough sales. If you can learn a skill to fix that problem... You're, 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 you're very sweet. And notice how we're using the word skill. So a lot of people build their businesses based on knowledge. And knowledge is not going to help your business, Or an idea. Unfortunately, no ideas. Yeah, because yeah. you need an idea. But I'm, I'm saying like knowledge will not help you build a business. There are so many smart people that don't know how to build a business, and this is why in our first year when we were trying to build businesses based on the knowledge that we had, it was trash. It, it wasn't working because we knew all the stuff that we needed to know. Now, because we we'd been at it, we'd been in the books or in the courses trying to learn these things, but we didn't have any tangible skills that we could use. But as soon as you got a skill, that's when we started making money. So that change happened literally over this summer, no? Yeah. 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 This summer. And the difference has been, more, we've been more profitable than we've been in a whole entire year because what? We picked up a skill rather than just knowledge. And obviously knowledge is, knowledge is power, but skills are what converts that power into being something tangible. It converts it into money, it converts it into attention and all the other good stuff. Yeah, and we decided to pick a skill that actually solves both problems because copywriting not only grew our followings, so that means created new traffic for us. And that can also be said for paid ads as well. The copy that's in Instagram ads, Facebook ads, that's all, you know, converting new traffic. But now even in our mailing list, in other mailing lists that we hope to, you know, you know, do for for clients that's existing traffic already but converting them to buy more and more and more and more that that's all copywriting right there so i think we hit the most amazing skill that we could possibly get because we've got both skills well both problems under lock because of just copywriting itself i mean the way i would put things is copywriting is a bottom of the pyramid skill so it's not specialized at all it's very 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 broad yeah so you can sure. copyright anywhere you can copyright on Twitter, you can copyright Instagram captions, you can do email, you can do websites, you can do um, long-form sales letters, you can do newspapers, you can do TV adverts. Like, it's one of those things that you could do anything in, which is why I'd say, if you can possibly learn copywriting, learn copywriting and then use it to, like, elevate your other skills, if that makes sense. So copywriting alone is not enough per se, but it's one of those things that, if you know it well, you can elevate your other um quote like your other skills a lot more so for example like can you imagine a ux ui designer that knows how to copyright that's someone who will never struggle with sales Mm. or a ux ui designer that knows how to design something that's incredible like an incredible website and then they do all the website copy now they created an incredibly incredibly profitable like sales website with a great call to action and great writing and they know how to do market research really in depth so they know 
oh, like certain colors evoke certain emotions mm-hmm. so they can pull. Like it's, it's the kind of thing where, and this comes back to my theory that no form of learning is wasted completely. Mm. I think a lot of times people feel like, for example, some people do a degree and then never work in that degree and they feel like they've wasted that degree. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, if you did the degree, one, the degree taught you how to learn how to learn. Like, the degree taught you how to learn, I should say. Um, And then beyond that, like, there's always some kind of perspective that you have, having done that degree, that you can now bring to what you're doing. Mm. Being able to bring an engineering perspective to to copywriting, to business. Mm -hmm. So now I have a systems building perspective, but I do something that's quite creative in the fact that I'm a writer. Me being able to bring copywriting to a musical perspective, because like like when I songwrite, I can now songwrite better because I've done copywriting. copywriting. So I know how to market. Like, and I've kind of realized that like Drake, the reason he has so many quotables is because he's literally just copywriting. He yeah. knows his audience yeah. and he knows the kind of strings to pull. And now being able to understand that because I've done this area and that area. So yeah. Yeah. It's transferable skills. It's mm-hmm. all about transferable skills. But at the same time, on some level, all skills are transferable. For sure. Hundred. Yeah. So um just some other, you know, things to think about in terms of high income skills that can be um built that you can build businesses on top of, I should say. So SEO, social media marketing equals driving new traffic UX UI email marketing helps convert existing traffic um, those are just some some examples there if you want to be really risky just jump into trading <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I mean yeah that's a bit mad but yeah let's not even go into that but yeah let's go to the next one cool so next up we have it's never too late to pivot your first idea doesn't have to be your final idea. Like, a lot of people go into business and they're so rigid and like, this has to work by force. I'm not changing. This is my plan and blah, blah, blah. People don't understand the vision, man. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact is that businesses are meant to evolve and change over time. Like, look at the businesses that haven't managed to, that haven't, not managed, haven't wanted to change and look what happened to them. So Toys R Us, see you Bye. later. Bye. Um, House of Fraser. Cheers. That, that, that one hurt. Blockbuster. Yeah, you were gone a while ago. Bye, babes. Like, t- just because they love you now doesn't mean they're going to love you tomorrow. And just because your idea might work now doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. Or just because it's not working now doesn't mean it won't work tomorrow. But you have to know when and where to pivot. Like, so... I just I just feel like people are very rigid and I've I've seen it myself sometimes I don't want to change the way I do things especially with, um, to do with um, work and uni and stuff like that like I'm very I'm very stubborn and it's something I had to kick myself out of so when I see people in their own businesses going with that same mindset like oh no you, you just don't get it oh this person's a hater oh no because mine is so good that this and that like it really it really irks me it really does, um, and we have to be we have to be more fluid, man. Be more fluid. Understand that things change, and it's okay to kill ideas. That's that's a big thing as well. That's a, that's a massive thing. 
if something isn't working, you have to know when and where to kill it. And not necessarily like as a final thing, but at that moment in time, you have to focus on something else. For example, if you're running a campaign for, I don't know, a clothing line and this, this shirt isn't selling, kill it and focus on the stuff that is selling and make that better, increase the volume there. Because otherwise you'll get caught into a, a loop and like... From what I've seen, general rule of thumb is if in six months something's not profitable, it's unlikely to be unless something drastic changes. Mm. Something very drastic has to change. After six months, if you're not profitable, yeah, you need to take a look and be like, okay, is this still the path that I want to go down? And sometimes it might not be. Sometimes you might not be the person for that path. And sometimes that path may not be for you. It's so true, man. Like... We have to stop getting caught up in ideas. Like ideas in this digital era, ideas are literally everywhere. Like you can buy ideas, you can steal ideas from on online. Like your idea isn't that great. What is what, what makes your idea great is your ability to mold it, your ability to develop it, and you can't develop it without being willing to change. Um, you gotta be you gotta be an innovator, not just a thinker, not just someone who comes up with ideas. And innovation is about selecting your idea and running with it, seeing if it works. If it doesn't work, changing it and always continually improving. And that requires some degree of fluidity, some degree of pivoting. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Obviously, the way this world works, something can change today. Something can be removed tomorrow. Literally, it's it's so uncertain, but you have to be okay with that and you have to move with the times and even circling back to knowing who your customer is if your customer doesn't like something anymore if the whole crowd don't like something anymore okay let's move with what the the people are doing because you're here to serve the people the only way you're the only way you can get richer is serving more people so if you don't serve more people if you serve less people that's more pressure on you because now you're losing money so the whole point of business is to get sales Serve more people, you get more money. Serve less people, you get less money. So if you have to move with the times, if you have to move with what your people, your your customers are are, are doing, you have to do that. You just have to. So that's basically the point of this part of the episode. Now we're going to move on to... Pay for organised knowledge. So what that means, basically is if you can get inside information very quickly, if you can get a course, if you can get learning material, if you can get market research done for you, it's always a worthwhile investment because you kind of look at the price and you'll say, oh, well, that's a lot to pay for. Da, 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 da. But these companies that are uber successful, they're paying for leads. They're paying for lead generation. They're paying for the market research to be done for them because they save time and energy your time and energy are probably more fine it might not seem it but time and energy are more finite than money it might not seem it if you're not in a a great financial situation but money will always be more readily available be more flow free free flowing than time and energy so if you can save time and energy and only do high roi stuff and then pay for someone to organize the knowledge for you pay for someone to do your market research pay for someone to bring you leads and lay them at your feet and then you just 
have to sit there and convert the leads, it's always, 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 always worth it. Yeah. Um, I'd say even this, like, course-crushing culture that's happening. So let's say a lot of people come out with courses and people think, oh, it's a scam. These lot haven't even, you know, done the stuff or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So we've only just started paying for courses. We didn't really even do it before. We were mostly getting our knowledge from books. And what we saw from courses is that you learn what's in the book in like a quarter of the time. So it takes you like how many days? Five days, maybe. You might even prolong it because people don't like to read. Maybe it might take you two weeks to read the book. It takes you it takes you two hours. It takes you five hours to do the course. Look at that. Two weeks of reading a book versus two hours of doing a course. Versus six months of watching YouTube videos, trying things, failing and Googling and not really knowing if the information you're getting is good because you don't know where it came from and who the person is. Or, as facts are, just not doing it at all. People will say, oh yeah, but you can find this online, but you haven't. You haven't done it yet. You haven't. And someone has. And they've put it in an organised form for you to benefit from. I know some courses, some people literally do like, they'll say like, oh yeah, sales masterclass, and they literally tell you basic crap, and fair enough, that is trash. But for the most part, people are putting real value and real insider um, information into their courses. They're giving you their perspective um, on it, which is often different from the ones that you will find online because everyone's experience is different and it's it's often it's more beneficial to find out information from someone who's actually practicing it rather than someone who's theorized it you know so yeah yeah um which is why the people we purchase courses from that we've seen them do it like they are actively doing what they 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 they're preaching we've seen the the pictures we've seen the receipts we've seen the screenshots we we know so we we are more than confident to be like okay yeah i'm i'm going to invest in you i'm going to invest in the knowledge that you know because not only have you brought the textbook to me in a more concise um digestible way you've also now mixed in your own personal struggles your own personal you know, bites that I wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. So that also adds another level of value. And obviously we will definitely be coming out with a course or two or five when, you know, we we reach where we are. Because but the thing is you'll come to us and you'll you'll be okay with purchasing from us because you've seen us been grinding from, you know, last year. So you know that we've actively been on this journey. Mm-hmm. So we're more credible. Agreed. Very much agreed. Okay, number seven. Better your skill daily. It is the most simple, yet most effective thing here. Obviously, we are building our businesses on skills first. Mm. If my skill gets better by the day, don't you think I am more valuable? Now, this comes with product and service businesses, but first, let's go with service. So if my business... If, if my skill is getting better by the day, don't you think I can charge more because I'm getting better? I'm more valuable by the day because I'm actively, you know, progressing in my skill. I'm mastering my skill day by day. Even with product services now, I mean, sorry, product businesses now, 
if I if I have a product to sell and I know marketing, I know sales and I know marketing sells better than yesterday and I'm constantly learning better ways to market and sell, don't you think I can sell more product? Simple as that. It's, it's literally as simple as that. If you're bettering yourself every single day, you are more valuable and you will make more money, essentially. That's just it. Point blank. Continuous improvement. The best model to go for. Yeah. Cool. So next, um, kind of implied by everything we said, but it's kind of a rule on its own. Learn marketing and sales. It's as simple as that, really. The two driving forces of profitability should be your main priority. Whether or not you're a technical founder of, of an app, whether or you just focus on um, financial services, you need to know marketing and sales. Even if you're not actively practicing them for yourself and you have a team um, that does that, you need to understand the principles. You need to understand the psychology behind it. You need to understand why it's important. Um, yeah. I mean, step one for any successful business or your number one priority is the marketing sales, like getting that down. Then number two comes accounting. Then everything else comes after that. Everything else comes after that. It's like if 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 building a business was a song, your vocal is your your sales and your marketing. Then your kick drum and your bass, which are what drive the beat, that's your your accounting. Then everything else you you mix around those things. I was even reading. I've forgotten who it is, but one of these guys that invests and buys businesses. He was saying his the, the way he decides whether he wants to buy a business or invest in a business, he speaks to the head of sales. And that's his like main criteria. If you can vibe with the head of sales and he's like, this guy knows what he's on, that's a good business, most likely. That's a profitable business. If the head of sales is, doesn't have a clue, it's always a bad investment. Yeah. I personally think, I'd, well, I've been convinced to think now that you can't really outsource the foundations of sales and marketing. You can't outsource that knowledge. If you don't know that and you're just throwing someone in your team to be like, okay, handle all the marketing and sales. Wait, so you literally just don't know how to market or sell your product. You're making someone else do that, even though you are the one who knows the, you know, the benefits of your product, you know, this and that more than anybody else because you built it. Yeah. So how are you now telling me that you're just going to try and outsource that because you can't be bothered? You can't do that. You need to know the foundation. You need to know this is how mm. this works. Because effective marketing is it converts to sales. That's literally it. Like if you don't know marketing, you can't sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, as you said, like you should know the foundation, even if you're not a practice. Like even if you're not practicing it, um, even if you're not like. You don't, you're not into all the technical details of marketing and you're not going to be the one out here creating your campaigns or you're not actively on the phone making these cold calls because you have people doing it for you. If you don't understand why you're doing that or if you don't understand the the principle um, of just connecting with your customers, then you are in no position to be running a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like Gary V says. He says... You should have a marketing business that sells wine, mm-hmm. that sells shoes, that sells market research services, that sells advertising. You should be a marketing business first. 
And then whatever you sell comes after that. Mm. Because when you position yourself like that, it means you can't go wrong. It means you know exactly what you're doing. It means you know your 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 target audience. It means you know how to sell to them. It means you know how you know how to communicate with them. You know what they talk how they talk. You literally know exactly what to do to get the money into you know your pocket. Cool. So we're running out of time. So I think we're gonna end it there. So the easy way to make 50 pounds online. We have two more. <laughs> oh, we have... Okay. Let's ride up to a nice 10, in it? Cool. Let's go for it. What are the two more? Okay, so networking across. Not every connection that you make has to be with someone who's bigger and better than you. Um, it doesn't have to be someone in high places. It can be someone on your level and they can be just as valuable to you. Mm. Um, oftentimes, like, you'll see people like discarding people around them because they're trying to suck up after someone way more valuable than them and it's like okay cool which is it's, it's a good strategy but what do you have to offer them especially when you haven't done anything you know if you can't just reach out to someone who's bigger than you and say oh yeah I'm, I've got this idea help me out when you haven't actually done anything for yourself so find out some, someone who find someone sorry who's like you and wants to do something and has all these ideas and has the drive like you and build with them. And then maybe both of you can take something to someone bigger and be like, hey, look, this is what we do. It'd be good to connect and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think Issa Rae talked about this mm-hmm. as well um, in terms of like Insecure and um, stuff that she was doing. Networking across is the thing that got her to where she was because she met people who were just as driven just as motivated, just as talented as her. And they grew together and they supported each other to get where they are today. Um, a lot of people don't want to do that. And then people suffer when the person that was next to them is now ahead of them. But you didn't make the you didn't make the ties to 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 befriend them or to to work with them, to collaborate with them. So now they're ahead. Now, again, you're in the begging situation again. Mm. When, in fact, you could have just been side by side, collaborated, worked together, built a relationship, and then you could have both stepped forward together at the same time. Mm-hmm. But you didn't want to do it. But yeah, focus, look who's around you, man. It's not not every time you have to look up to the heavens at, at these massive figures. Like, you don't have to be sending long paragraphs to with these influencers and people that you see with thousands of followers right now asking how to start a YouTube channel. Ask someone who's just started and is doing okay. Someone who is actively... You're following, not someone who doesn't follow you back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. And number 10 is everyone's first business, I believe, should be a lean business. Lean model. So what that means is low overheads, like low investment capital. So basically don't risk too much capital and try and get to a year's expenses in the bank as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't spend too much money, basically. So if you can run a lean business, you can probably then be trusted to handle big money and handle the big investments and stuff but if you've never run a business before and all likeness your first business is going to fail your first couple are going to fail so it's better to be lean and not risk anyone's money and then have people after you in the bailiffs come into your house than to be 
playing around with big, big investments or going VC and going angel fund immediately off jump. If you could possibly avoid that route, you should. Because equity is everything. Equity, like a lot of times we trade money for equity, like, we, yeah, we trade equity for money because equity isn't worth that much at the time. But if your business is really good, equity long-term has a much more valuable, it, has, it holds more value. So if you can hold into your equity, start lean, not risk any man's money except for your own. Always choose that path, especially as your first few businesses. Yeah. yeah. You even see that in Shark Tank. Um, the smaller businesses that have great ideas but don't have a lot of profit, they, um, the sharks charge, I'd say, yeah, charge more equity. So they, they, they ask for more equity. They ask for 25%. They ask for 30%. Now, the massive tech companies that come and they're doing millions um, in, in sales per year, now the tech investor, I mean, now the investors, the sharks now are only asking for 1%, 5%, 6%, 10%. It's mm. like now when you, you, you get bigger, you, your, your, your value so much. So now smaller equity is worth more than a smaller business that has a great idea but doesn't have the sales. So they ask for more equity. So even with lean, it, it, it encompasses everything that we've even talked about about understanding where your customer is moving with them Mm -hmm. if something isn't working ditch that pivoting everything is like a lean model I think is every I think every business new old whatever should be leaning towards because it means you can try things out test things out make mistakes if this works throw stuff at the wall if it sticks cool we should be constantly experimenting and hoping that you know we can innovate in our spaces and I think the beauty of a lean model is it 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 leaves no room for excuses you know Um, once you have your MVP your your minimum viable product Mm. you can you can start so that it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to doesn't even have to work just get it out there see what people think do they Mm. like the idea of it working Cool. Let's make it work, and then let's 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 improve on that. Okay, now it works. What can we improve? Make it so it eliminates the need for oh yeah, but I can't do this because it's not finished. Oh yeah, I'm just waiting for this to happen. It kind of eliminates perfectionism essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, and that is what increases your productivity, and it kills fear. Hundred. Yeah, and just uh, even a real time example of that. Even the course that I bought, it was a hundred pounds at the time, and it's now costs about 300 and something pounds because he used a lean model and at first he put in the basic information and that wasn't even basic information that was amazing information but now he made actionable valuable content to put as a bonus so he made eight new bonus content pieces and racked up the price and the thing is you can start basic and then continue to get better and rack up the price that's just a way of doing things so yeah yeah cool so before we end, the easy way to make £50 online. It's very simple. You don't even need the website. I was talking nonsense before. All you have to do is tweet 20 times a day. So you tweet 20 times a day and set yourself as an expert in your field. You tweet about things that you use and ways that you've improved your life recently. So all you have to do is just be on a path of self-improvement, which you should be anyway. Let's talk about the ways that you've improved your life recently. Do it 20 to 30 times a day. Do threads quote tweet other people do this and at the end of every thread or after every tweet all you do is you place an affiliate link to the product that has helped you get to the point where you're at 
In other words, make people want to be like you. And then say, one of the ways I became the way I was is using this product. Put an affiliate link there. The company, whichever company it is, will pay you a percentage of every sale that you get. On some sites, if I'm not mistaken, don't call me on this, but Amazon, if you're using an Amazon affiliate link, they will pay you even if the person doesn't buy that product. The fact that they went onto Amazon um, yeah. and bought anything, yeah. they'll pay you a percentage yeah, on percentage anything that. that you buy. Um, anything that the person buys in the next 24 hours. I think some, um, if you have like a high traffic blog as well, some of you might already be yeah. If you have a high traffic blog, you can get paid just for like clicks as well. Yeah, this is, this is why I was saying a website. So like a website, the website version of this is basically to create a website and do five to 20 articles based on the same kind of subject or the same, like, for example, if it's about hygiene, have a have one on toilet roll, have one on tissues, have one on wipes, have one on da 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 Similar, similar um, products. And then at the end of every review, have a link to the product. And if they're all Amazon links and they go back to Amazon and someone thumbs across this, then you do your SEO so that you can land on the first page what you're going to end up with is a constant stream of traffic. That's how you create a very small stream of, well, not necessarily short, but that's how you create passive income very easily. So yeah, it's all about driving traffic towards affiliate links. And that's how you can make your first 50 pounds online. You can do that this week if you're really good at this. Wait, me, my, I might even do it. Damn. <laughs> I mean, um, we, already, we already have done it. There are a lot of um, <laughs> like affiliate brokers out there that are just, that's literally like a marketplace for pretty well-known brands looking for people to do affiliates for them um, there's different ways you can get paid as in uh, you get paid for a full conversion a fixed fee you can get paid a percentage you get paid based on click-through rate click-through rates and like all that CPM stuff yeah if you have a lot of followers on Twitter there is absolutely no reason that you should not be tweeting three affiliate links a day you can even get paid for assists as well yeah which is crazy so like if someone clicks your link and they don't buy on that link but then they go back that same IP address goes back, I don't know, within the next month and buy something from them, then you still get paid like a percentage of that. So yeah, just affiliate links are a good way. Obviously, um, use, when, you, when you're using affiliate links, they're often very ugly. So use something to condense them so that people don't get annoyed by you just posting long, ugly links, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and yeah, try and make them as, don't just, don't affiliate just anything. As Michael said. You stuff set, that you actually yeah, use. Set yourself up because a lot. I see a lot of people doing this. They literally just sign up for every single affiliate thing that they can and just tweet about it. There are pages on Twitter that just do that. Oh yeah, look at this toothbrush. Oh yeah, look at look at this um, this flipping hoverboard that's, that went out of fashion for three years ago. Yeah. Look at, like, do you know what I mean? And it's not like people actually, what's it called? If, you, if you're doing that, oh, look at this toothbrush. My friend, are you the authority on toothbrushes? Like we don't, we don't come to you for toothbrushes. So why would we? You're not even showing teeth in your in your picture. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, for example, if you're a um, what's it called, like a YouTuber, for example, you like, and you're like a fashion YouTuber or something. Even if the brand is not sending you merchandise like an ambassador, easy, just quick affiliate link. Everything that I'm wearing in this video, da, 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 da. quick and easy that's how you you monetize faster than waiting for YouTube to help you out and waiting for the brands to reach out to you thanks so yeah we're gonna end it there guys yeah. right, guys thank you so much for being with us 50 episodes 
We'll have 50 more and 50 more after that. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, share our podcast. You know where to listen to us. You're already listening to us right now, but... <laughs> yeah, man. Tell your friends. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, and yeah, once again, thank you very much. We appreciate all the love and support we get every single week from you guys. It really does mean a lot and it really helps us to keep going. Um, it's not always easy. Uh, if you guys think we're superheroes, we're not. We're, we're, we're constantly fighting the will to give up every single day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but obviously now we're on blast. We put ourselves on blast. So yeah, we got to, you know, make this money. We got to be successful, man. But um, yeah, if you can't buy it twice, just know that there's rice at home. <laughs>